KMTT, Ki Mitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Arab Shabbat program, Arab Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Pinchas, Yudchet Tammuz. And I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell. And the Arab Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat, Shlomo Yosef, and Chaim Shmuel. We have kicked off the three weeks, Ben HaMetzarim, the three weeks between Yudzayin Betamuz and Tisha B'Av, three weeks in which we signify and mark the Chorban, the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. Yudzayin Betamuz is the day that the Roman Empire broke through the siege that they had placed on Jerusalem and entered the city. In the first Beit HaMikdash, the Babylonians broke through the city on Tet Tammuz. On the ninth day of Tammuz, we mark the later of the two dates, three weeks in which uh, we mark uh, the Chorban through different practices of mourning, a gradual scale of increasing mourning, is enough for us. We hope it's enough for us. The Navi Yirmiyahu is a Navi who becomes prominent over the next couple of weeks because we read the Haftarah from Yirmiyahu this week, the first paragraph of Yirmiyahu, and next week, the second paragraph of Yirmiyahu, more or less. And Yirmiyahu, as a Navi, is for the most part, a very dark Navi. He's a very dark Navi. He is very pessimistic. He only has, or seemingly, only has a message of destruction. Although God, in the, in the, in the first parak, in, in Irmiao's inauguration, Yirmiyahu is commanded to to let everybody know about God's plans. To root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, and on the other hand, to build and to plant. There are some messages within Yirmiyahu which are rebuilding messages. When we look at Yirmiyahu, we, we uh, as a whole, we have a very depressing feeling, and this is the reason why one of the few books that are permitted to learn on Tisha B'Av is Sefer Yirmiyahu. Then we are commanded to skip those sections of Yirmiyahu which are comforting. But nonetheless, the fact that Sefer Yirmiyahu was chosen to this end uh, is very indicative of its nature. And for me, one of the strongest feelings that come from Yirmiyahu is the sense of pessimism that stems from the failure of Yirmiyahu to get his message across. Because Yirmiyahu is clearly fighting against many foes, whether they be Nivea Sheker, false prophets, or whether it be politicians who are continuing the fight against the Babylonians against Yirmiyahu's 
better advice. Yermio is constantly not believed, rejected. In a recent film that I saw about Jerusalem, Yermio is depicted as a crazy man whose the end of the world is near. And perhaps that's how he indeed was viewed by the people in his time. We, of course, as students of history and students of the Tanakh, know that Yirmiyahu was making people face the bitter reality of what was going to happen to them as a result of their actions, and people are not usually so keen on believing that what their their actions are not leading to utopia, but their actions are in fact leading to destruction. And people will reject that against common sense. Yirmiyahu is not only rejected when he explaining to people that bad is on its way, but he's even rejected when he explains to people that there's a potential for good. Because after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, and after the murder of Gedaliah ben Achikam, who was appointed as a, some sort of governor for the remaining Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael, Yirmiyahu is asked by the people, what should they do? And they tell Yirmiyahu, we're going to listen to you, whatever you tell us to do. And Yirmiyahu says, stay here in Eretz Yisrael and God will be good to you. He will give you some sort of salvation. Don't go down to Egypt, and the people reject Yirmiyahu after professing to be open-minded to listening to him. They reject Yirmiyahu's message, and they go down to Mitzrayim, and nothing is left in Eretz Yisrael. So Yirmiyahu is rejected despite the fact that he has proven himself as an Avi, and even the Babylonians understand this, because the Babylonians approach Yirmiyahu after the destruction, and they say, you foresaw everything that happened here, and they give him a choice whether he wants to go into exile or to stay in the country, and he chooses to stay in the country. Of course, after telling the people who remain in the country and are, and are in a dilemma after Gedaliah's murder, he is forced to go down to Egypt with them against his will. So the picture that we get from Yirmiyahu is a very pessimistic picture of a people who are unable to hear the word of God unable to truly do the retrospection which is necessary to see the truth. The truth of the Navi is not only in the fact that he's a Navi, the truth of the Navi is apparent in their actions. We don't need a Navi to tell us that it's bad to do Avodah Zarah, though at times perhaps it's more profound coming out of a Navi, but we won't go into that discussion right now as to why we need an Avi for this purpose. What, from all of this pessimism that comes out from Sefer Yermiyahu, I want to point out one element of Yermiyahu, which I think is the key to the hope that comes from Sefer Yermiyahu, and that is from Perak Gimel. In Sefer Yermiyahu, Perak we don't see in the Haftarot, and we have to learn Sefer Yirmiyahu in order to to come across this. Yirmiyahu starts off Paragimel the following way. Lemor. Hen yishalach ishet ishto. 
והלכה מאיתו, והייתה לאיש אחר. היה שוב אליה עוד, הלא חנוף תחנף הארץ ההיא. ואת זנית רעים רבים, ושוב אלי נאום אדוני. If a man sends away his wife, in other words, divorces his wife, and she goes from him and she marries another man, can she return to the original husband anymore? Halo chanof techenaf haaretz. The land will be, here in this English translation says, will be polluted. Ve'at zanitreim rabim v'shovelainu m'ashem and you have been adulterous, or you've been like a prostitute with many friends, and you will return to me? Some sort of kalvachomer here being mentioned in the pasuk, in the halachic relationship between a man and a woman. If a man divorces his wife, and she subsequently marries another husband, marries another husband, Can she return to the original husband? The land will be polluted. In other words, here we have a halacha concept that within perfectly legal institutions, in other words, a woman is married to man A. He divorces her. She marries man B. Everything is good and according to the books. Divorce, good get, good new marriage. And now, presumably, she might... get divorced from the second husband, or the second husband might pass away. Can she return to the original husband? No. All the more so, and this, and this pardon me, before all the more so, this is described as a woman who is divorced or divorced from the first husband and then wants to return to him after a marriage to another man, Is considered, this is considered the pollution of the land, and the Ramban explained that this, is, this prohibition comes to avoid the, the institution of wife trading. People want to be very, according to the books, they're not going to have affairs, they'll just do wife trading. I'll divorce my wife, you'll divorce mine, we'll get married, and next week we'll set back an order. So this is rejected by the Torah, and it's, it's some sort of disgusting idea. All the more so if a woman simply within the confines of marriage acts like a prostitute and is sleeping with many men. That she cannot return to her husband. And that's, that's the concept that we see in the Parshavi Nishasota, that a woman who has an adulterous relationship with another man while she is married is not allowed to have any further relations with her husband. And this is described as the, in the prophet, in, in, by the Prophet Navi, that this is all the more so. Two prohibitions then of within marital life, a woman who is married, divorces and gets married to another person, she can never return to the first husband. And all the more so, a woman who never got stepped out of the marriage and ha- just had adulterous, adulterous relationships cannot go back to her husband. And then, using that as a backdrop for the relationship of God to Am Yisrael, where God is the male and Am Yisrael is the female character, if this is the case, how can we return to God? There's no room to return to God. If the relationship between 
God and Am Yisrael is a relationship of a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, then the wife here, Am Yisrael, has broken every rule possible and cannot go back to God. However, a solution is suggested. Hello me'ata karat li avi alufnu rayata. By the way, this pasuk, which is from Paragimel, is actually the last pasuk of the Haftarah we will read next Shabbat. And we skip to get here. Will that thou not from this time cry to me, my father? Thou art the guide from the youth, my youth. Suddenly, there's a shift. From now, will you not call me father? From, up until now, we were describing a relationship of a husband and a wife. And now God is saying, the Navi is saying, perhaps from now you should call me, cry out to me, father. And later on in the parak, the very well-known pasuk, Shuvu vanim shovavim neum Adonai, ki anuchi ba'alti v'achem, v'lakachti etchem echad me'eru shnami mishpacha v'veti etchem tzion. Suddenly the relationship changes, and it becomes the relationship of banim shovavim. Shovavim means, in modern Hebrew, naughty, Here it's translated faithless children, perhaps wayward children. However, whatever it'll be, it'll be a negative connotation, banim shovavim. But here we have the answer to God's question. Well, we've used the model of the husband and wife. When we evaluate that, in halachic terms, and halachic terms are not some removed terms, they are real terms of a relationship. A relationship of a husband and wife, we don't believe, can be repaired when there has been an adulterous relationship. And even if it's not an adulterous relationship, but when there's been a relationship with another man, even if it be a legal relationship with another man, it can't go back to the original relationship. And that's the rhetorical question that the Navi starts at the beginning of the parak. Can you return to me? However, if the switch goes to us not calling God Dodi, my lover, but calling God Avi, my father, and likewise, God not calling us his wife, but God calling us Banim, Shovavim. So now, the terms have changed completely. Because the Banim may be shovavim. And whether shovavim means naughty or wayward or faithless, no matter how bad they've, what, what bad they've done, there is nothing in halacha and there is nothing in the world that breaks a relationship between a father and a son, a parent and a child. There can be a rift, there can be a problem, but nothing breaks the relationship because the relationship of the father and the son is a relationship embedded in nature. It's not a relationship embedded in choice, 
like a relationship of a husband and wife, that if someone chooses to ruin the relationship, they can they can permanently ruin the relationship, and there is no way of repairing it. A relationship of a husband, a father and son, of a parent and a child, has an ability always to be repaired, because it stems not from a relationship of choice, it stems from a natural relationship, an inborn relationship that cannot be ever severed. And in that case, even if the banim are shovavim, wayward, faithless, naughty, they can always come back to their parents, they can always come home. And this little secret is the secret that Yirmiyahu, despite all his pessimism, he essentially sets the stage for a possible reparation between God and Am Yisrael, despite the Khurban that's going to happen, that he is going to foretell, live through. He also gives us a key to understanding how this is all going to be rectified eventually. If the husband-wife track does not leave room for rectification, the father-son-parent-child track certainly does leave room for rectification, and despite the destruction of described in Sefer Yirmiyahu, that Yirmiyahu lived through, Yirmiyahu can overcome all this destruction through the model of Shuvu Banim Shovavim, return to me, my wayward sons, and say, Oji Shama, Be'arei Yehuda v'chutzot Yerushalayim, Kol Sason v'kol Simcha, Kol Chatan v'kol Kala. Shabbat Shalom.